unsolved melodies. Alright. Do you want to introduce the song or are we just going to go in? We just go. Cold open? Cold open it. It's going to be a cold open. One, two, three. I didn't see it coming when I met with you that night. <laughs> it's okay, I didn't like what I was playing. That was Raya. Great. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now I know that my phone is off. You're on airplane mode. Good reminder. All right. Two, three. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> Don't count it. Okay, sorry. Okay. You okay. want me to count it in? Just count with your hands. Don't count with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Can I let the words? I can... Okay, stop laughing. I'm not, I'm not laughing. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> You're making me laugh. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what? I won't even count because you're just going to start singing and I'll catch the rhythm from what you do. You oh. fucking listening? Because it's about to go down. <gasps> I didn't see it coming When I met with you that night I didn't feel like running Maybe for the first time I didn't feel like turning your words into a fight I didn't feel like burning A bridge to create light Won't you be mine? Won't you be mine? Won't you be mine? Could have gone out dancing Lift my feet up off the ground We could have been romancing Sleep on curbs all over town Your eyes are like the inside Of a world I understand And if we are in stride You'll see me as I am Won't you be mine? Won't you be mine? Won't you be mine? If love and use a sport, then I'm gonna need more practice. And time to get this on the outside to be mine won't you be longer to put together that's all right that's all right we're back in hamilterio 
Hamiltario. The good small village of Hamiltario. Hamlet of Hamiltario. Welcome back, Adrian. Well, thank you so much. It's Glad been a minute. Be it's been how many months? I don't know. A few. September. Months and minutes and things and stuff. September. I think it was pre-TIFF. Could be pre-TIFF, yep. That probably sounded terrible. Oh, yeah. Whatever That's you just did sound there. delicious. That's going to sound great. Uh... What have you been up to? My life has consisted of hemorrhaging money horribly while making music. Yay, mine too. <laughs> mine too. Isn't that the game we play? Yeah. No, it's actually been, it's been good. Um, Weren't you in Los Angeles? In I was in LA in June for- I thought you were in September. Uh, no, in September I was in Vancouver oh, we and Montreal in, and we, Windsor and all over the place. Everywhere else. No, we were in uh, Los Angeles at the same time. That's right. But we didn't see each other. We did not. Because that's not cool. No, you. that's the rule. If you go to another city with a person not on the same trip, you're not allowed to see them. Yeah, it's weird. Because then everyone thinks Canadians know each other. And that's a problem for American-U.S. <laughs> relations. No, Canadian-U.S. relations. Uh, so you've been working on music? I've been working on lots of music. Yeah, it's been a great year for interesting stuff. I had a documentary made about me, which was Bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A. It's not about bananas. Yeah, it's not even about... I was bit over a banana today. You were bit over a banana. I was bit over... I live in a very banana-passionate household. Mm. And Erwin, uh, I stuff bananas in these things called Kongs, which is just stuff food in them to keep the dogs busy. And uh, I was trying to leave, and Erwin and made an escape with his banana Kong. <laughs> and I realize how boring the story is now, but I tried to take it away from him, and he gave me a good... Uh, Good nip on the hand to let him know oh. nobody takes Irwi's banana. No one takes Irwi's but banana. But I was like, dude, give me your banana. And he's like, fine. So it all worked out. I just, I hope everyone enjoyed that story. I'm not injured. Not injured. It was a... Um, he has very few teeth left. Ah, uh, yes. It was like a posterity bite. Right. It's like, if this was 10 years ago, that would have hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Now it was more like a smush. So what was the documentary about for those who don't? Because I know what it's about. Um, a boot. A boot. A Yeah, ooh, boot. Yeah, this is my documentary, eh? Um, so my friend and fellow filmmaker Tate Young uh, <laughs> called me up one day, and uh, I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> but you're welcome to laugh at Because it sounded like you said taint. Oh, God. Wow. Okay. So we're going to start out that way. Uh, this is going to be one of those four <laughs> gallons of milk conversations again. Go on. Uh, so he called me up and he said, hey, we're making this, we're going to go to Alberta. We're going to go out into the woods with a bunch of friends and basically make this crazy short film uh, on Verve and credit cards. And he's like, how much do you want to do the score? And I, so I said, well, first of all, you know, we're friends. I'm not going to make you pay me out of your credit card for your, you know, wacky adventure. And it was a cool, it was a really weird kind of like uh, sort of twisted tale of time travel. I got a lot of teas in that one. Um, and so what I said to him was, hey, I'd like to do this all with found sound, which means that I'd be going around with the microphone and hunting for interesting things that weren't instruments to make music out of them and see if I could do mm -hmm. an entire score just like that. Mm -hmm. And I said, why don't you bring some camera gear and just like do, I like, honestly, what I wanted was like a two minute little teaser thing that shows, hey, this is the crazy things I do when I work. And then he came to me after like three days of shooting while I was trying to put the score together. And he said, I think we might have a documentary. And I said, please, no. Because <laughs> I still feel it's kind of um, Too soon? embarrassing. But, uh, you know. We, Such a Libra. We did Just it. And uh, it's been really gratifying. I have to say, like, because I can separate myself from it 
to a large degree because even though I'm the subject, it's not really about me. It's about the artistic process. And it's, it's a, really interesting. People should watch it. Yeah. I'll link it. Awesome. I'm going to link it in my link, link it up. My link page. Yeah. Well, I, they can watch a trailer now. I mean, it's sort of, we're at this point, it's kind of like coming to a festival near you, hopefully. But, really? Yeah, hopefully. Well, I don't want to brag, but I also had a documentary made about me. That's awesome. <laughs> We're just like tit for tat. Like I know. Just... Well, I'm going to lose this game very quickly. Why? Oh, I think there's a lot of experiences you've had and I'm not going to have. <laughs> I don't run a dog this rescue. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. Yeah? Yeah, it's a good thing. I have... Um... What do we say your... your what was your... Uh, we came up with a name for your autobiography today. What was it? Hair something. It was like... Not hairography, but... Yeah, that was that was the thing. Damn it. Well, Hi, Jing. Funny. That was Jing was told me I have a hairography. She's my Instagram is like just like a journal of hair, but I write words too. Mm-hmm. Gosh, guys. Um, yes, uh, one of the documentaries that's being made of me of many. <laughs> the first of several <laughs> volumes. Uh, I actually forget the name of it because. I can't remember because they they didn't have any when they were making it, but it's going to, I think it's going to be in Hot Docs 2020. Whoa, you've already got it placed in Hot Docs? I think it's going to be in Hot Docs. I think there's like a high chance of it being in Hot Docs. That's very big. Is it? Hot Docs is like the premier North American documentary film festival. That's like the tiff of documentaries. And it's not just, it's about the rescue work I do. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of it, of me is actually in it. Okay. I have a feeling there's a fair amount. Okay. Based on how much they uh, recorded. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I can't tell you, but I know that I am in a documentary about the the animal welfare stuff that I do. That's awesome. So there. So So there. Your turn, girlfriend. Uh, I got nothing. All right, well. There's, I think our next level is biopics made out of us. <laughs> I hope I'm dead before that happens. Oh, boy. Yeah, that'd be uncomfortable <sighs> watching a biopic of your life being like, that's not, that's not, how, my hair's not red enough. No, no, take it down. <laughs> um, I have had a busy fall mm-hmm. full of many lows and tiny highs. Tiny highs. Tiny highs. It's good. Yeah. I like that. So, um. I was in Los Angeles for three weeks. That was good. We'll be going back to Los Angeles for another three weeks. Um, and I basically work when I'm there. Yeah. That's, so, an, that's an important thing to point out to people. So I not, think it's right. You're just going gallivanting around and while dogs starve in the streets. You know, you're, you're putting the hours in. I am putting the hours in. I am. Uh, I came. I went public this November with the domestic violence mm. situation yep. I was in. I posted about it on Instagram. Uh, so that was a big deal that I've, I've kind of resolved the criminal case that I've been <clears throat> going through all year to uh, restraining orders and all that fun stuff that goes mm. along with it. I am um, going back. So I'll be in Los Angeles. So when I'm there, I think people, I think people think I'm an Instagram model. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of followers that have accumulated quickly yep all legitimately i don't use any like secret apps it's not like some bot these are actual people who follow me mostly for my hair i understand that you guys really like my hair (laughs) i get it this is the big problem with this podcast there's no hair in it there's no hair so nobody's gonna listen no one's gonna listen without the hair can you hear my hair some oh. ASMR going here. Let's do it. A ginger ASMR. Oh, they got gingery <laughs> hair. Oh, 
We actually oh, just dear. have like a 300 pound trucker here with long hair who's doing it. So it's not actually. Hey guys. Me doing a deep voice is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's Trucker Jim here. Trucker Jim here. <clears throat> uh, um, anyway, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, so I think people think I'm an Instagram model. I'm mm. not. I've never done any modeling. Mm-hmm. Never done any acting. Mm-hmm. Well, mm. well. Music video stuff. Yeah. What else? Have you ever pretended to be someone who you were not? <laughs> uh, I don't think I've done any. I'm, I'm coming out with a short I film. I thought you were in a short film recently. Recently. I mean, you know you're making your own. Yeah, I'm making my own. But was it in somebody in a short else's film short film? Or something like that. A web series, I seem to remember. I was like never that. in a web series. I seem like the type of person who would be in a web series. You but I've... seem like the type. That sounds like an insult. You seem like the type of person who would be in a That's web That's like when series. people assume that I'm gluten-free. That always offends me. Because I'm like, are you just saying they're like sickly? That's interesting. They're just like, oh, you're gluten-free. I'm like, no, I'm not gluten-free. I just, I don't eat meat. Mm. Okay, so you don't eat gluten. No, I don't eat animals. Yes. I eat all the gluten. None yeah. of it free. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, so so I divide my time unevenly between <laughs> dog rescue and music. Mm-hmm. I would say 75% dog rescue, 25% music, 0% anything else in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I Maybe I paint. I've That's right. Yeah, you've a taken up a new vocation. Passion, vocation. A new vocation. And I'll be painter. selling my paintings because you know why? I have nowhere to put them. I, that's a good problem to have to be selling paintings, you know. Would you like one of my paintings? I'll I give you one for your... free. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Oh, I would love one of your okay. paintings. Okay, give me a color palette. I'll paint one just for you. Well, let me think about that. Okay, think about it because okay. I want it to. I don't want to like show up with like hot pink, and you're like, thanks, and you're just like the cat pees on it. You're like, I had to throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> but you left it in I the litter box. I have my cats to pee on things I don't like, so I'm forced to throw them out and have great explanations for my my very generous friends who give me things I hate. Oh, so yeah, so so I do paint. That's like my... I don't even watch the movies or TV. I mean, I do. I watched Succession this fall, and I was in love with that show. Mm-hmm. Deeply in love with that soundtrack. Deeply. Deeply. And a deep, committed relationship with the soundtrack from Ooh, Succession. Yeah. Nicholas Breitel. Yeah. He's a, he's a great, great composer. Excellent, excellent soundtrack. Um, so, yes. So, as I was saying, so when I'm in Los Angeles, I'm working. Uh, I'm working on music stuff, but I'm working on dog stuff. I'm mostly in like a laptop somewhere just going like, do this, do that, pull this dog, Do people pull that think dog. you're, are you doing this in, in like a cafe or are you doing this at home? Uh, I'm doing this at usually my apartment. Okay. At a desk. Yeah. In, in LA. In East Hollywood. Okay. I thought I was going to ask you if people think you're constantly writing on your next screenplay or something. I'm sure that's what people think when they, if they would visually see me in a cafe, but, um, and I would love to finish a screenplay. Mm. I have many things. I want to finish the screenplay. I want to retake up fencing again. I need a sport and I really like fencing. Whoa, you used to fence? Yeah. I didn't know that. Once. It okay. took a couple <laughs> I studied with so and so. You no, took a workshop with this. Person. I took a workshop on fencing yeah. and I really liked it and That's I did cool. follow up with it. And yeah. uh it's actually something I'm I am i reasonably good at for a beginner. Mm-hmm. Um and I really enjoyed it. And I like the competitiveness of it. And I usually don't like competitive sports. I like well, soccer, but I don't know, for a bunch of reasons, soccer isn't a great idea for me right now. But um but yeah, so I want to take up fencing. Because of your your abject terror from of balls. You're just not into balls. Getting hit in the face. Getting a a soccer ball in the stomach is super unpleasant. That's true. And that's happened to me many times in my life. What an odd thing to have happen. I played to you. So, I played soccer competitively from when I was 
I don't know how competitive a four-year-old can be. I was a competitive four-year-old from when I was four. <laughs> um, until, I don't say, why, why did I say competitively? I played soccer from when I was four until I was 18. Right. I was really into soccer. I was really into Italian football. Uh-huh. I love the the uh, people in Zaghi's and the Paolo Maldini's and like just these Roman gods on the field. Didn't like oh. English football at all. No. David Beckham, no thanks. David Beckham, no thanks. You hear that, David? You're strange, out, buddy. Strange voice. You look at him and he's like, hello. And you're like, why is your voice so high? <laughs> anyway, um, that was mean. I take that back. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, so those, I, I want to take up fencing because I can't play soccer. Mm-hmm. But I need, it'd be nice to have like an interactionary sport to do. Pokey, pokey sport. That's that's your idea of. And you know what? You never know when you're gonna need to be good with a sword. Yes, it's so, true. So, uh, um, so yeah, so that's what I'm planning on the new year. I don't know if I'm gonna take the lessons in Los Angeles or Toronto, but I'm basically like pretty committed to splitting my time between the two cities mm. until further notice. And people have sent cons- emails of concerns about what I do with my dogs. Ah. Letters of concern. Letters of concern. I have a very old dog and I have a very young dog. Right. Uh, and I think what people need to know is that I always, always, always have my dog's concern, uh, best interests at heart, sorry. And I um, basically keep them wherever I am the longest. So, right. so I'm still spending the most time in Toronto. So that's where they stay because they need continuity in their life. Sure. Um, but the longer, if I... The longer stays I have in Los Angeles, I will have them with me, and I will not fly them because uh, I hate the idea of flying dogs. I guess they can't go in the cabin with you. They have to go underneath. You could get like an emotional support uh, thing, but I don't. I don't believe that's an abuse of power. My opinion. IMO. Uh, I don't want to do that. Um, and plus, I want my car, so it would make sense to drive. drive yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that's that's the plan. This is kind of going between. You know, a little bit here, a little bit there. Uh, yeah. So cool. it's pretty exciting. I'm working with um publicist out of New York now. So my music is going to be more out there. Out there. I have the next one, two, three. I have the next three months of releases scheduled. Mm-hmm. So there's at least one, two, three. There's at least five songs coming out in the next four months, which doesn't seem like a lot because I think I'd rather put out two songs a month. Mm. I'm putting out two songs in February. Cool. Which is great because it's the shortest month. So that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Putting them out together. And uh, the only thing is I just don't have any plans for live shows. Right. Just not. You got a full life. You got a. And again, I mean, we're always going back to maybe the Enya in a castle with her hundred thousand cats is a good is a good model. Yeah, I don't really like the picture that that paints. <laughs> I'm single woman, and uh, I don't think I always want to be single. Yeah, living alone in a castle, and I don't—I'm not a cat person, so that's also a deterrent. They're just like and puzzle pieces you can take and puzzle pieces. Oh, I take and apply. Yeah, you take the cats out and you put a dog in, and you take the empty space out and you put a person in there. I don't know. I th- Did I just quote a Taylor Swift song without noticing? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, you have to nix this whole thing now? Yeah, just forget Tay-Tay's it. Tay-Tay's going to come after me. I think, 
I've never been to Ireland and I've always wanted to go because I think I would just f- visually fit in there. Right. I feel like people would be like, you you look like you belong here. And I'd be like, Yar. potatoes. Potatoes. <laughs> I, I've, I'm, I have Irish blood in me mm-hmm. uh, through transfusion. No kidding. Uh, genetically have Irish blood in me. I don't know how. It's not that much, but it's what people identify they're like, you're Irish. And I was like, sort of, partially. <laughs> um, so I think that, I think it's just the red hair and the freckles and being pale and sickly looking. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's one for the Irish there. That's one for the Irish. I don't think people believe me when I tell them I'm half Sicilian. I say majority Sicilian just because that's the biggest part of my, like it's still half, but- yeah. You know what I mean? It's not that's the most consistent part of my DNA, I guess. And people are like, no, you're not. And I'm like, okay. All right, you tell me what I am. You tell me what I am. You're Irish and you're the queen of <laughs> Ireland. I'll take it. Give me my castle. Give me my, yeah. I, so going back to the castle thing, I think it would be a good aesthetic visually for me. Mm. Dogs and red hair and green Ireland. and There you go. And there's no snakes there. They were driven out. Reportedly, and I don't like snakes. I was um, in San Diego for a bit, and I was talking to my cousin for a while, like a good 45 minutes, and she just all of a sudden whipped out a, like not whipped out, but she just casually pulled a snake from her bra as we were talking, as if this was like, as if she was sipping a cup of tea. And I am somewhat phobic of snakes. I'm totally afraid of snakes. And I screamed and ran out of the room screaming <laughs> because yeah, that's that's not something you do without any kind of context or preface like, but for her it was normal her name's carly she's lovely but she uh she really scared me we were having like a deep so this conversation is just a random snake obviously not poisonous. not a random snake it was her pet snake oh that i didn't know she had a pet but she snake. keeps in her bra it was just chilling Th- like a villain a, okay well all right <laughs> and she just and she was just it was just like here it is like, no, it wasn't even here it is. It was just like, get and go on. And like, you know what I mean? Like, as petting a cat, like a cat just, it was just, and I was like, you can never, ever do that to me again. I, I mean, I think if I produced a cat out of my pants right now, <laughs> you you might have a similar reaction. I, I would be impressed. Yeah. And call animal services. Because um, that's just not a safe place for a cat to live, Adrian. You have, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Very safe place for cats. But it was great. I was in the mountains. Like, the mountains the ma- of San Diego. I was literally Diego. in Escondido, California. Mm. What's mm. up? Not the first time I've been there. And it was nice to go back to where I grew up because I grew up in Del Mar, California, which you're like, I know exactly where that is, Nicole. Except you don't. Uh, <laughs> but it's a Del Mar, Solana Beach area and kind of going back to like, I'm like, I remember this place. I remember that place. It was a little emotional. I mean, oh, wow. Yeah, it was a little emotional being there, like just, with, you know, remembering family who's no longer with with me, with us, of this world. Right. And uh, it's really pretty there. San Diego's really pretty. I don't care what people call it a whale's vagina. Purportedly. Purportedly. Ha, <laughs> um, ha, So, yeah. So, I, I think I'll do music. I'll do live shows at some point. Probably another live stream. That didn't go to plan at all. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just hard to just play in Toronto all the time. And there's just really nowhere I want to play in Toronto. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't really want to play shows unless they're worth my while. And worth my while means that there's, you know, people there and that I'm not going to be like <laughs> begging people to or, you know, or, or singing over, you know, a waitress taking chicken wings orders. That's true. Yeah, those are depressing gigs. Yeah. And I'm, and I've and don't get me wrong. I'm not I've, I've paid my dues. Yeah, yeah. I've I've paid my dues and. Yeah. In lots of ways with oh, that sounded bad. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's it's good. Uh, I'm working on my accent. Right. You were just saying that because yeah. you say certain things in a very Canadian way. I was hanging out with people in Los Angeles who were from America. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Friends from New York, Louisiana. A uh, friend from England I was spending time with, and it made me very cognizant of my accent. Mm-hmm. I don't think any, maybe Matt pointed out, I don't think anyone else pointed out, but I noticed that there's a lot of like, instead of for, I've been saying fur. Fur, yeah. For sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And the, and even my, my cousins have like, there is like a California accent. It's not like the surfer dude accent, like yeah, Spicoli, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's, um, it's almost like slightly Southern. It's like a slightly Southern twang to it. Um, so I've been very cognizant of my accent since I've been mm. back just cause I was like, Oh my God, what's an identity crisis. What, what, what? And then I don't know. Apparently I say about wrong. About. A boot. A boot. Yeah, I don't know. I say, always feel like the like the 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 cliche Canadian accent thing is really a newfie accent. That's or what a Minnesota make, accent. Or miss, which actually that's right. That's actually very similar. How odd. Yeah, I mean maybe <clears throat> maybe the the Canadian accent is thought to be like a Southern Alberta, and it's like connected to that part of America. Where it's mm. like like the Minnesota, don't you know, Bobby? You went but out that's really in the like snow. an Irish accent too. Like it's actually de- or, it's actually derived because Scottish. Because yeah. I was watching Fargo and right. I was researching it, and the accent is de- derived from Sweden. Oh, a lot of the Michiganian. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a lot of those. Bird. Southern Saskatchewan has a lot of those. Actually, that's kind of what my people are. Yeah, but probably. I feel like the Ontario accent uh, is a bit. Uh, but it's definitely like, yeah, for sure, bud. Yeah, no problem, bud. I don't know bud. anyone who talks like that. Oh, for sure. I I meet people who talk like that, bud. No problem. But that's not East Coast. I don't. I, I won't like, yeah, I'm not, I don't know anyone who talks like that. I don't know where I'm, why I've been saying for sure, but I I need to stop. For sure. For sure. I wonder what the, mo- like, could you imagine like a completely neutral accent where it's just like you don't say anything with any kind of inflection or lift or anything? I thought that's what the Toronto accent was for a long time. I had, I'd been told that Toronto was considered like accent neutral because it was. Trana? Trana. Toronto. Or what is, what is my friend in LA? Toronto. Tarana. Tarano. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex. I just, yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Tarana. I don't know. I th- I think it's it's interesting, and they actually give classes, acting classes for like American accents. Right. Yeah. 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 I think we should all go back to the transatlantic accent. That's so funny. That I tweeted. Was the best I accent. tweeted yesterday that I was only speaking in a transatlantic accent because that's my favorite it's accent. It's way more fun to talk like that when you get into that one. You just like everything you say sounds like it's a big deal. Was Jimmy Stewart transatlantic? I think they were all kind of at that time. That was sort of like the if you wanted to get into radio broadcast or be an actor. Katie Hepburn was, and it like, was just like the way you. Were Cary supposed Grant to talk. was like the, the perfect 
transatlantic accent, but it was like... He was a perfect tranny. No, that's not a term we use. For shame. I feel shamed. You feel shamed. Um, he was from England, which I don't think people realize. His name was Archibald Letch. Well, isn't that what that where the accent's sort of based on? Is like upper class, crusty. He was not upper class. He was in, no, he was, I mean, but Oxford. Kind I want to like, talk about what I know about Cary Grant. He was a circus performer. What? Yes, he was in the circus before he was an actor. I'm not joking. And he had a dog named Archie that he named after himself, and he would always have a fox terrier named Archie. Not making this up because I'm like Cary Grant. So do you have to like bury all that stuff? It was like really embarrassing that he was. Circus performer with a... He was shunned from the Academy, too. He didn't get, like, an Oscar until he died. He fought with the... There's, like, there's a bunch of politics. There's a bunch of questions about his sexuality at one point. Uh, But, yeah, he he had that, like, Judy, 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 like, oh, see. And then uh, I always like doing the Jimmy Stewart accent because it always always sounds like his tongue can't part. (laughs) Can't quite touch the roof of his mouth. She it's oh she carried Dexter Haven. Like he just but I don't but he was from America, so I don't understand what was transatlantic about that. Yeah, I don't know what that's a, some sort of weird But sometimes I just walk around and I, I just can't I can't my tongue can't touch the roof of my that's mouth. That's almost like how um oh what's his name now? Mr. Uh, the Godfather. Mr. Godfather? Mr. The Godfather. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando, at the end of his life, he had such a strange way of speaking. What was I listening to talking about Marlon Brando and basically how he hated his life? He hated his own life. He was just, he he was never, he never wanted to be famous. Mm. And then he kind of became this icon and he changed the acting world in a lot of ways. And then, you know, he just wanted to live on a little island in wherever it was and just, you know, be himself. He didn't like the the spotlight. Mm. But he became, you know, Marlon Brando. <laughs> and he, you become a character of yourself. Yeah. At some point, which is it's a bit weird to see. Um, I remember Dana Carvey was in an interview and he said something about he met Jimmy Stewart and he did he does a really spot on Jimmy Stewart impression. And That's he went right, up to him yeah. and Jimmy Stewart was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Dana Carvey. And then walked away. I thought that's funny because it must be you get to an age where it's just you just see people kind of mimicking you and it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would be weird. Somebody gave me a Barbie that looked like me. Oh, that's creepy. Well, they made a gingerbread house like a dog shelter and then I was the Barbie. L- slightly <laughs> less creepy with context. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so I have that on my kitchen counter. <laughs> so you're one step closer to becoming an icon. Mm-mm. 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 I don't know. I, I don't know if you if and I if you can have the ambition to be an icon or if you can no. just be if it just happens. Like in James like, Dean. Yeah, I think that's like greatness. You you can never become or you can't aspire to be great. People tell you if you've done something great. And I think You can you totally aspire to be great at something. At something. But, for sure. But <laughs> what I'm saying is uh you can't Say, I will be great. You know, I'm making a difference between being great at something and being great. I don't know what the difference is. Being great is like where you you transcend just like the rabble of everyone that's trying to do things really well. Mm-hmm. It's not about excellence. It's about 
you know, transcending that and, and we're like, oh, that that person is great. And that movie, like, or like, you know, when you, when people call someone a genius. Mm-hmm. I feel like these are things where people can say that about somebody else. You don't get mm-hmm. to say that about yourself or go. You Unless know, you're Kanye. Well, okay. Case in point. But it's genius that he calls himself a genius. <laughs> but we were talking before about ambition. Yes. Oh, nice afternoon. segue. Yeah. You Perfect see what I was segue. doing there? That was Just so smooth. Sliding it on in there. We were talking about vulnerability mm-hmm. and ambition. And you had asked me, you said, why do I think that person is so ambitious? And I feel. Yeah. And how do you define ambition? I feel like actors and musicians. And artists in general embody ambition to me because their ambition is so raw and there's so much vulnerability in what they're doing, whether you're a musician putting your music out there or an actor, you know, putting your performances out. You're, there's a certain vulnerability as that is not comparable to somebody who's like ambitious about being, um, I don't know, the top car manufacturer. Or something more like a, a conglomerate business. I think mm-hmm. business and art differ that way. So I think, I don't know, the the ambition to perpetually make yourself vulnerable to make your art the best it can be, I think is like the highest form of ambition to me. Hmm. Teehee. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I think. So, and I'm not patting myself on the back, being like, oh, I'm an artist and I'm writing songs about my feelings <laughs> and like, look how vulnerable I am. That must mean I'm ambitious. I mean, you can make yourself vulnerable and not be ambitious. But um, I mean, there's just being vulnerable for the sake of being vulnerable. Do you think there are artists out there who are ambitious without being vulnerable? Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, absolutely there, there are, um, but I would say that their ambition is guided in a different direction. Mm. I think, I think wanting to be, I don't know if wanting to be famous and being like the ambition to be famous and the ambition to be successful are the same thing. Mm -hmm. And is like this, I, it's some sort of like having your sights on some level of success. That's sort of where that, that's where the ambition comes into play. Like I want this thing. And then I have to do these things to get there. And part of that that you're talking about is this idea of putting yourself out there in a vulnerable way. I think so. I think I think for actors, there's like this expectation that like the all the almighty achievement is winning an Oscar. Mm. Uh, I don't think musicians have that same same. I don't think a Grammy means the same to an, a musician as a Oscar means to an artist. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I don't. That's interesting. I don't I don't think musicians are as award driven. But I also think that musicians don't make nearly as much money as actors, which I think is weird. Cause I don't want to step into a big pile of poop here. But <laughs> I mean musicians are performing and writing a lot of their own material. Mm-hmm. Whereas actors are usually just acting somebody else's material. Right. That's a weird part of Hollywood I don't understand. Hmm. But. But. A part of Hollywood nonetheless. True. Uh, and I mean, we're just talking on a North American scale here. I don't I don't know much about the rest of the world in general. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm so sheltered. Do Swedes experience ambition? I don't know. Let's call them and ask. Oh, here's Sweden now. <laughs> Hello, Sweden. Sweden, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Sweden? Coming through round clear. Colin Berenka. <laughs> I think I'm something I've thought about a lot recently is the, and I guess it's like, amb, ambition can be a dirty word sometimes. You can say someone's like ambitious, and that means that they're too goal and career focused, mm-hmm. and that oftentimes they might be their ambition supersedes like other aspects of their life such as taking care of their families or being with their partners or just being i don't identify with any of this (laughs) go on i feel like people that have made like there's this kind of like when you get into an industry if you if you're not in an arts-based industry you're not a performer like where there's really no plan or no path like direct path like do this do this do this and you will be successful as long as you try hard it's like you can do all the right things and never make it so there's like this whole morass of like people that are trying to make it and making it at different levels. Mm-hmm. And then there's this little tiny microscopically thin layer at the very top, which is what we call the stars. Mm-hmm. Like the super vaunted position of being like a recognized actor or a well-known musician that can tour the world and sell out stadiums and all that kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. such a small little thing. And my impression has been having spoken to some of these people in my field anyways recently is that it's obsession. Mm-hmm. It's not even ambition. It it supersedes you. ambition to me is like I would like to do a very ambitious or like this is this is a it's a you're shooting for the stars right. Whereas obsession is like I am never happy, and that means even you could get an Oscar and you'd be like I need the next thing mm-hmm. and the next thing and the next thing and all you're doing is constantly being dissatisfied and unhappy with the position that you're in, and I feel like ambition is almost like the gateway. <laughs> The gateway emotion to the obsession. But I wonder, like, it's it's a... It's I a... think obsession can lead to ambition, though. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa, bro. Whoa, yeah. for sure. I think that was it for me. I think it was the other way around. You were obsessed and then you became ambitious. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I was, I was always looking at... I was always listening to music uh, as a kid and thinking, like... How do you write a song? Like, mm-hmm. how does that even happen? Mm-hmm. How do you sing? How do you anything? How do you sing and play guitar at the same time? How do you how how do you anything? I mean, maybe I just wasn't a smart kid. But uh, and then once I got older, I mean, I started writing songs when I was 12, 13 years old, and I was like, this is impossible. But I kept breaking it down and like it became an obsession. And I didn't know that I wanted to be a musician until years later. Mm-hmm. And then I spent a lot of time convincing myself I didn't want to do music, which is great because I was wrong because mm. I was listening to people in my life being like, be practical, be blah, blah, blah. Um, and I used to, I don't want to surprise anyone, but I wasn't a popular kid in school. <laughs> and I went to a very Catholic high school where there was no music and no arts program. So that was perfect for me. Mm. Uh, and I was also bullied like pretty badly in high school. So I used to not uh, go to lunch. I used to skip eating lunch and I'd go to the library instead where you weren't allowed to eat. Um, And I would sit with uh, music and just go through, break down the structure. Why did I I like the song? What's the structure of the song? What's the lyrics that I like? What's the the rhyming scheme? What's the arrangements? Who produced it? Where was it recorded? I was obsessed mm-hmm. and it had nothing with me wanting to be an artist or be have an ambition that way. I was just really obsessed. I was like, why, 
I remember like going through Jeff Buckley's Grace and uh, Ben Folds Five, whatever and ever, Amen, which ha- were albums that came out years and years before I had ever heard them. Mm-hmm. But I needed to break them down and figure them out. So, mm-hmm. so I think like I became obsessed, and then eventually I was like, kind of like, oh, can I do this? And then I was like, eh, eh. and then it was a long time of like, eh. and then I finally do it, and I, I just feel like now I'm in place in my career where I can just be like, yeah, I, I do music. I like doing this. I like right. writing songs. Um, I like that people hear them. Um, you know, sure. Would I like a million plays on Spotify? Yeah, I would, you know, but, uh, and I think that'll happen, but I have, so now I have that ambition, but it was driven by years of obsession and I don't. That's interesting. That's very different than what I was thinking of. Cause when I think of obsession, I would think about that wanting to have a million plays on Spotify becomes your obsession. That obsession your time was almost like that's what I would call a healthy obsession because you're interested <laughs> in the art and a craft, right? And in, in a in a thing that isn't about your validation. You're not right. hanging whether you're a good person or a bad person based on your interest in this thing and learning how it works. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the obsession that I see that drives people to do what we would then call great things mm-hmm. is based on this like need to be fulfilled at these higher and higher levels that never are actually satisfactory. Yeah, I, I think that there can be no ceiling to people's ambition, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, somebody somebody said to me, they were talking to me, and they're in the music industry, and they're like, whatever you, just don't try to make it. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, just don't try to, like, be famous or successful. And I was like... That's interesting. I was like, okay, but, like, I'm not, I'm not trying. I'm just putting out my art. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. I'm mm. not, you know, I'm not hitting me- metrics and whatever. And uh, I think I thought that was just a really funny thing to say. To somebody like, don't try to make it. Just don't, don't bother. It's too hard. It's too complicated. Yeah. But there's no, the the definition of making it is totally different now than what it was for a long time. Yeah. Because um, there's also this, like, if you follow, I mean, a lot of people getting more into like, self-help stuff and spirituality and all this stuff. And there's so much more of a conversation surrounding that. And one of the things that comes up a lot is this idea of detachment. Like, right, you want to be, you want to go after things and be ambitious, but yet be detached from outcomes, Mm -hmm. which I find is an odd thing because it's kind of, it's at odds with itself. Like, it's kind of like a contradiction in terms. Like you have to, in order to do the things that it takes to be successful at some of those levels, Mm -hmm. you have to be really focused and obsessed and like really want the thing. Because if you don't want it that bad, all that shit you have to do to get it is going to wear you down pretty damn quick. But to be detached from an outcome is like, well, if it doesn't happen, there'll be something else. I think what's that saying? Rejection is protection. If you didn't get it, it wasn't meant for you. And it's probably a good thing. I mean, that seems like something you could say to make yourself feel better when like a girl like rejects you and it's like whatever but i think surrendering surrendering yourself to letting go of outcomes is super important yeah because i think like even with like relationships and dating i think there's always this like gut instinct to be like i got to control the outcome here this is what i want i like the person i want it to go this way Mm -hmm. i want to control no i want to control I'm not saying this, but I've definitely seen this where people want to control other people's feelings and how they feel towards them. And you just kind of have to let things go. And like people are going to feel how they're going to feel towards your art. And they're going to feel towards 
they're going to feel to you, how they're going to feel romantically, and you can't control that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like humans just have like an overwhelming desire to control. That's true. And they have a very hard time of letting go and just kind of surrendering and being like, well, like if he likes me, he'll call. You know, you know what I mean. Or if if they like the song, they'll they'll listen to it again. They'll mm-hmm. put it on a playlist. I don't like. It's just kind of how I go about things now. I'm just tired of. I'm tired of that part of being human of like wanting to control or be controlled because right. I've definitely had that issue where people have wanted to control me or control my art, and I'm just not down for that. Yeah, well, that sounds like a very healthy approach. I read a lot of self help books, <laughs> <laughs> and you're you're doing the work. And I'm doing the work. I'm showing up. I'm giving 110%. I'm manifesting my best life. I'm trying to hit like whatever. Hashtag hashtag best life. Hashtag manifester. Bester. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes things just happen for people too. And you have to kind of realize and recognize that, that some people get these really weird chances at things. Yeah. And they work out. Yeah. And many of us don't. <laughs> yeah. You know, like some people, I know, I know a couple, actually, I know most of the actors that I know are successful and they've never worked another job. Right. That's kind of crazy. But then you think about how much time they put in. They started when they were kids and they've been hammering away at this one thing for that long. Yeah. I mean, most of these people, like guys and girls started when they were like 12 or 13. And right. And just... I can't imagine being like 13 and going to auditions. You know, you know how vulnerable you are going through like puberty and all that. And then you're going to auditions and they're, they're saying like, yeah, like you're too young looking. You're not old enough looking. You're too tall. You're too like, that's such a, I don't know. I don't know. If that's, I don't know how people turn out who go through that. Oftentimes not well. <laughs> Oftentimes not well <laughs> because their foundation is broken. Yeah. It's so sad. It's sad. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting, but I mean, I've had lots of different jobs. I don't know uh if people know this, but I actually used to work at McDonald's when I was fifteen. Everybody used to work. I, I, I really think that everyone should work either like <laughs> some kind of restaurant job, whether it's fast food or like line cooking or something. I think everyone should do that at least once. In the in service life. industry? Yeah. I've never been a waitress. Neither have I. Yet. <laughs> I've never uh, been a waitress, and I've I've never worked in I worked in retail in a record store, right? But never like yeah. clothing or anything like that. And I always try to be nice to people, mm. but it's hard to be nice to people all the time, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a virtue. Virtues are hard to come by. Virtues are hard to come by. But yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's. This whole year has just been like trying new things in new ways. I mean, mm. trying new things and trying old things in new ways. If that makes sense. So, what are you thinking about twenty twenty? What's your What's your thoughts 20, on what's going to happen? What's your What's What do you want your This year is my to be decade. About? This is it. That's it. This is it. Wow, you got a whole decade. I got a whole decade. Jeez, I'm just like maybe I can get a year, and I'm this not even. This is the roaring decade twenties. Oh my god! Of my youth. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Go with it. Get I a t-shirt think, printed. I I think that the next 10 years, I predict I'll be living my most authentic life. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know. Don't laugh at my authentic life. All right. I won't. Please. 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 I think now more than ever, 
in my life, I feel like I'm going to be living in the place I wanted to live because I've wanted to be back to California since I left it right. as a child. Like yeah. This is not something like, I want to go to Hollywood and make it as a star. No, 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 no. I grew up in Southern California. This is not this is not new. I have family there. I've gone back uh, up until the last five years. I would go back pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. This is like an inevitability, I think. And, you know, putting out some of my best work musically, taking chances, you know, putting out a short film, mm, running a, a, a large, I think it's one of the largest dog rescues in Canada right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, e? E? Canada <laughs> E. No doubt about that. I can't even do a Canadian accent. I'm so damaged. Um, and, you know, like, I would love to have a personal life at some point that made sense because, you know, I went through the last four years of being really unhappy mm. and uh, uh, facing violence and <laughs> abuse. And uh, I don't want the rest of my life to be like that at all. Yeah. Ever again. And uh, I mean, it was interesting posting about it because the comments, because m- my followers are like 95% dudes. Right. Between the ages of 25 and 35. If you're wondering what my Insta demographics were, <laughs> now you know. Uh and I th- people were mostly like really supportive mm-hmm. and there's a lot of comments um but there was like a couple people like guys get beat up too <laughs> wow and i was literally posting on international and violence against women day yeah pointing out that women face violence far more than any of any of the other genders any gender and uh and it's just it was just like this like well like my girlfriend hit me once or my dad used to beat me and it's like it doesn't it doesn't um what's the word i'm looking for devalue or illegitimize any abuse but i think it's like something to talk about like the the high high very high amount of women that experience um domestic violence Mm -hmm. and that it comes in different shapes and forms absolutely and uh yeah, and I and people. It's funny because people see me, and I am. I'm very strong, independent, feisty, driven, outgoing. Those are words that are thrown around a lot when people talk to me. And then they're like, "Well, I don't really believe you because you don't really seem the type of person that would be in." Yeah, and it's like there's no clear, there's no cookie cutter victim uh, or survivor. Yeah. No so, kidding. I think that was really interesting. And I think I will, over the holidays, because I'm ambitious, <laughs> uh, I'm going to start working on a book about my feelings. Thoughts and Feelings. Those thoughts and Feelings by Late July. And then I'll make an accompanying record with it. No, I, I'm going to work on a series of essays and see how those go. I just I was actually just published in Reader's Digest. That is so cool. One of the oldest publications, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, I just got an article published in there. They asked me; I didn't ask them. That's cool. So, like, I'm really important. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so like, I I already do some writing, so I think it'll be interesting to write, kind of about the three major things that have happened to me in the last two years. Yep, we're going on two years now. Yep, we'll see if, if I feel like sharing it or not. But it might be good to just get it out over the holidays because because I ain't doing nothing over Christmas. Get it out over the holidays. Get it out and about. 
<laughs> Speaking of obsessions. Speaking of obsessions, yeah, maybe I'm doing too much, but I'm my goal over the holidays is to start writing, even just for the sake of writing. I would love to find a place to do fencing in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Hit me up if you know where I can get that rapier sword stuff going. Because uh, it's very hard to fence with your dog. I'm just going to put that out there right <laughs> ah, now. Yeah. Put the the sword in Erwin's mouth and he drops it and he runs away with it. And he stabs me in the leg and stabs seen the, the other seen dog. dogs with fencing masks. And, uh, it's one of my favorite <laughs> things, though. They, they look hilarious. You can tell they really get it, though. They totally get it. Yeah. Uh, so do that and then write a book and finish the short film and then put that out. I, I need to, I'd like to submit it. Fred Yurichek and I um, collaborated on the short film and I think it looks good. We started shooting it in the summer. So it's, it's weird to, cause with music videos, you're like kind of shooting in a very short amount of time mm-hmm. and then it's done. But yep. to be shooting from July until January in nor- a Northern climate, it's just, it's weird to shoot over such a long period of time. I'm Is that used- by design? Like you're trying to get in different seasons? No. Okay. It's just, we ran out of time. <laughs> so you're going to build it into the story. Yeah, it'll be built into the story, I think. Um, I just, I need to sit down and review the footage we have. We shot in like, uh, we shot at the CNE, which is like a fair here. We shot in a sunflower field. Uh, I'm trying to think where else we shoot. We shot just like some roller skating stuff that we're mm-hmm. doing. Um, so anyway, so some low light sparkler stuff. <laughs> Ooh, low light sparkler. Um, might borrow bat caves. Uh, I don't think the bat cave is going to be in this. No. No, we shot. Well, the bat caves. Oh, else. Well, Malibu. We shot in Malibu. Uh, the Bronson Canyon stuff. I don't think we'll use in it, but we might use some of the Malibu stuff, and we mm-hmm. might use some of the confetti stuff, and then maybe using some of my own music in the actual short. Which is very artistically incestuous. <laughs> but it would save me from having to purchase music. <laughs> <laughs> right? God forbid you had right? to buy music. That would buy save Buy music. This um, is what you do. You take any of your songs, mm-hmm. you put it into a slow downer, mm-hmm. and stretch it by like We did 500%. that. We, we did that with one of the songs I took the bed tracks and I flipped it backwards mm. and I was going to use it for something. There you go. I'll listen to that tonight. Maybe I'll use it for this. Don't tell me when I said this, but film scoring is easy. Is it? It's the easiest it's thing in the world. Any, honestly, anyone can do it. No. A monkey can do it. I don't think I want a film score. I think I want song songs. Mm-hmm. Song songs. Song, 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 song. songs. La, la, I just think like how pretentious would it be if I'm like, I wrote, directed, starred in and scored this short film that is loosely based on events that happened in my life. Lots of people do that. What you have to not do is <laughs> do at any part, either on the, like the uh, credit <laughs> I just keep slates, crediting myself. You don't credit yourself again. more than once. You just go written and directed by Nicole Simone and that's it. And you're done. <laughs> because. Written by. Late July. Directed, Directed by. by. Late July. Yeah, it's going to be each, by. each card has to be July. like three seconds, like fading in and inflating up very slowly and then fading in and then fading up very slowly. Yes. Conceptualized by. Thought of on a Sunday afternoon while I was having a nap by. Makeup by. Makeup wardrobe by. by. Self-apply. Hair by. Yeah. Behind the scenes photos. <laughs> Cast by. Yeah, you got it all. At least Fred's involved with it. And so it's not just me, because mm-hmm. then 
I think that would be and so And then fail to credit Fred. That would be the best <laughs> part of it. <laughs> well, the, oh, I'm so sorry, but... He would be the one... He would be the one who would fail to credit himself. Ah. Because he's the one who's likely going to be putting in those credits. Titles by Fred. And I'm going to debut the, uh, the, the, the video story. What do you want to call it? I'm going to put it on Instagram. Cool. So. Video story? Short film? In- short film. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> video story. I want to watch my stories. <laughs> I want to watch my video story. My, you put my video stories in my memes. Put some video stories back I up want on. My, I want my cat memes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the longest time, I used to say memes. Memes, yeah. Well, that does make sense. memes. English is a really confusing language. Language is confusing. Language is confusing. confusing. It's amazing we've managed to keep this up for so long. <laughs> Considering the complexities of language. <coughs> I guess. Um, yeah. I really, I don't, oh, what is it called? What is my short film called? I can't remember what the documentary is called that I'm in. Um, I'm not meant for this industry. Uh, what is it? Oh, it's called The Living List. That's right. The Living List. Yeah. So I got to f- pick out the font. I'll make sure I credit myself oh, for that. Oh, man. That's one of the hardest things to do. I suggest you go with Papyrus. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a Papyrus. hip. It's hip as hell. I prefer curls with a Z. Ooh, curls with a Z. Curls with a Z. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I I like writing a lot, so I could see myself writing another short story, short film, short story. I can't get my words right. It's Sunday. 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 Which means Sunday. nothing because I just work every day. So. I know. Right? It's like tomorrow's Monday. It's like, yep, it's the same as every day. That's depressing. Um, <laughs> I mean, the one thing I always be like when I'm out, like at a grocery store or something and, and, you know, you're having a conversation with the clerk and they're like, well, at least it's Friday. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could feel that. I wish I, in my heart of hearts, I could feel, I don't feel nothing. I feel dead inside. I right through. would still rather the way I live my life than living a Monday to Friday. Me too. Sitch. Yeah, I like what I do, so it's I not. I ship it. It's it's. Uh... I cosign. What? <laughs> I cosign. I cosign. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't. I I can't imagine going back to a nine to five job. I can. It's you a nightmare. Can? It's, it's a fucking nightmare. I know. I like my my brain's just like it's just like you know like when you change the channel and it goes static. That's yep. what it's like. My brain's like. Pshh. Yeah, horribly. I can't imagine it. Sometimes it's sort of like it's probably one of my worst nightmares to be honest. I think so. I think so. I think uh, if we can be grateful for all the problems we have. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, in terms of our work and what we do, we asked for this. We asked for this and then we must take it and stop trying to control the outcome. <laughs> yeah, Adrian. And just like live in our best magic. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? One of my favorite movies, which people, I don't know. When I tell people my favorite movie, they're like, what? I might have seen it. I don't know. Uh, Beginners and the girls. Oh, such a good movie. I mean, it's actually very much the direction style I took for the short film is based on Beginners and Mike Mills. Um, But uh, there's like a line where like the French actress, I envisioned that she's smoking a cigarette. I'm pretty sure she wasn't. But like, she's just like, there are two types of people in this world. There are those who believe in love and those who believe in magic. And I was just like, I was saying that today to myself. And I, just, I just think it's so funny. I'm like, 
But what can you not believe in both love and magic? And anyway, it's really funny. That's great. I think her character is actually based on Miranda July. Oh, interesting. Who is not French. No, she's definitely not. But if you'd like to hire me to play a French actress, I can do it. You as as demonstrated as, as ten seconds said, ago. C'est love en magique, hein? <laughs> but the, the revolution, first, it's in your heart. <laughs> I want to see you as a female Toulouse. Not what am I saying? What, what was his name? The Pink Panther. Peter. Peter. Sellers. Peter Sellers. Who's an actor, but not the character? Who's the character? Uh, Inspector Clouseau. Clouseau. I was going to say Toulouse, Lautrec, but that was a painter. Ah, yeah, the painter, yeah. <laughs> that was very Canadian. The painter, eh? The painter, eh? The, uh, ye. I have uh, three bushels of beer in the back. You want to buy them, eh? Come, come on, savoir. <laughs> come on, savoir. <laughs> come on, savoir. <laughs> eh? E? 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, wait, I also do Italian. <clears throat> Ciao, ragazzi. Otto nove dieci, ad estrega. That's, that's really... awesome, because it was actually Italian. I said, hey, kids, eight, nine, ten, which? <laughs> 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 and I used to troll my Italian uh, grandmother, also known as Anona, um, before she died years ago. I would just say that to her, and she would just start laughing. That's great. Because she's like, you're an idiot. And I was like, yeah. But I'm trying. But I'm trying. I'm trying to be an idiot in Italian. <laughs> Bonus marks. And uh, she was like the type of, she was a redhead. She was five by five. <laughs> She's a very wide lady. Just, you're not laughing. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying. <laughs> I, my brain sort of went into aneurysm mode there for a second. Aneurysm. Five by five. That is a. Uh, She's very short and very wide. Lady. Yeah. She's very unique lady and uh, very feisty. What I liked is how you phrased it. You said, I used to troll my my Nona before she died. Like, as if your trolling eventually caused <laughs> her dying death. Before she died. She died of a heart, she died of heart failure. I had nothing to do with that. I was not there. No? She told me she was going to die, and she died three days later. Holy crap. That's a... I mean, I don't want to say amazing. <laughs> that's amazing, Nicole. I hope you suffer more losses. It's uh, remarkable. Remarkable. You are truly a remarkable human being. <laughs> um, yeah, she uh, would threaten me with knives all the time. Like faux threaten or for real threaten? Yeah. I mean, she's obviously not going to stab you, but she's... Nah. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Welcome to your Sicilian life. She's from life. Marsala, Sicily, born 1918. She was not effing around. Wow. She was... Uh, she would just like always have a knife and, and it's a thing in like my family where we all eat with knives instead mm -hmm. of forks okay yeah I and it really just it actually really disturbs some people I had a couple of ex-wifers be like that makes me uncomfortable and I would just like keep peeling the apple and eating it and I was like <laughs> how uncomfortable does it make you that's funny uh yeah, so she would she would always have a knife in her hand. So she's talking, and Italians talk with their hands a lot. So there's a lot of knives oh, moving around, yeah, and yeah, when yeah, there's yeah, a family yeah. dinner, there's all these knives moving around, and you just never trust. As long as it's not a concealed weapon, it's all good. No, no, she was just eating dinner, but she would be like, "No," and she'd point the knife at you, and you'd oh, be okay. like, "Calm down, Nona. I was only taking your meatball to borrow it <laughs> with my knife." Very protective over food. Yeah. 
Actually, all, like even her brother. Well, that's weird because normally like those kinds of families are like you can't get them to stop feeding you. When you've gone through World War II and you've lived with Nazis and you've been starved, you get... Yeah, it's a different thing. Yeah, she had definitely had the hoarder mentality of World War II. She wasn't a hoarder, but you'd be like, why do you need an entire room full of toilet paper, Nona? Yeah. And you know what? She was prepared. She was prepared for poop again. Yeah, no poop will go unwiped here. <laughs> oh, we just sucked the dignity right out of the room. Right out one. of that. Do you have three questions? Oh, shit. No. Shit, you're going to have to come up with something. Okay. Um, song of the week. Okay. I guess of the weeks. Fart balls. It's a song. <laughs> okay. By a woman named Elizabeth. Yep. That's her artist name. Okay. And I think I sent it to you. And it's uh, it's a song called Parties. Cool. But this entire album is amazing. Parties. And she's from Australia. And I messaged her on Instagram. And she messaged me back. And she's hopefully going to be playing shows in the new year. I think you compared her to like Anya meets Lana Del Rey. Anya? Remember I sent you the song? Who's Anya? You mean Enya? Enya? Sorry. <laughs> I work with, I, I volunteer with Anya. She's a good girl. Uh, she don't? No. You, said, you just said it like... Never mind. Okay, whatever. What, what did you compare it to? Do you remember the song I'm talking about? No. You know, like, I go to parties and I don't... It had that big chorus. And oh, it was like really right. Dreamy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember. Yes. What did you compare it to? I don't remember. Oh, my God. You're supposed to remember the things I say, not me. <sighs> what, so what, do you, what did your song? I really like that Dan Mangan song, Cold in the Summer. What is it called? Cold in the Summer. Is he Canadian? He's Canadian. He has a song about hey. robots. He has a song about robots? He has a song about... No, that's somebody else. Or is it him? No, I don't know. That was instructive. Wow. Next question. Anyway, check out Elizabeth. <laughs> Elis- <laughs> <laughs> what just Pardon happened there? You. Check out ah, Elizabeth. <laughs> check out. <laughs> check out Elizabeth. But it's hard to look her up because it's just Elizabeth. Okay. And I love her and I love her music, but I would choose something else because for SEO, it sucks to try to look her up. Oh, man. She did not think of that when she thought of her name when like, she was born and decided Elizabeth S.O. Yeah. I don't know. Initials. I don't know. Anyway, Elizabeth Hart. That's Elizabeth what she re- renames herself. Right. Um, okay. Questions. Uh, dude. What? Dude. Um, oh man. Oh, um, do you believe in ghosts? Have we asked that question before? <laughs> I feel like this is a leading question. Do you think so? Yes. That would make me kind of a good interviewer, wouldn't it? <laughs> is it because I think I saw a ghost? Do you think you saw a ghost? I'm pretty sure I did. Okay. Uh, it was the full moon on 12-12, December 12th of this year. <laughs> I was gonna say twelve, but no. And um, it, I was writing. I was writing the song that we opened with, called "Be Mine." Mm-hmm. And I was like obsessively writing and writing and just revising it, and um, maybe a little bit more obsessive than I usually am because it's a sweeter song. Mm. A lot of my other songs aren't as sweet in sentiment. Aww. So I was like, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. "What are these feelings that I'm writing about? I got to get rid of them." 
so I was, I was writing and then I was, it was like came to about four o'clock and I was like, I have to go to bed or else I'm going to be a pile of dung beetles tomorrow. <laughs> Not dung, but dung the beetles, beetles themselves. Yes. And uh, so, <laughs> we'll not tell the whole story, but I went to bed and um, I closed my eye. I turned off the light and I closed my eyes and I thought I was having a seizure because I started seeing flickering lights. And I was like, that's not good. Don't want to have a seizure. Don't want that. Turn on the lights, sit up. And I look beside me and there is a large strobing, I sound like a maniac, glittering orb sitting beside me, which I've had migraines. I've had, you know, you, you know, you have visual stuff with migraines. I, I get that. But the weird thing was is that it was stationary. So if I looked somewhere else, this glittery orb uh, remained in the same spot. Newsflash, everyone. God is a disco ball. <laughs> God is a disco ball. And I thought, that's weird. That's <laughs> <laughs> one would. And I looked to my dogs who didn't seem particularly bothered by the situation. So I thought maybe I just had stayed up for... I don't know. I'd been up for like 22 hours or something at that point. Oh, wow. I had been up for too long and I was hallucinating. Totally possible. Although I am totally a type of person who also believes in ghosts. Uh, so I was just, and I didn't, I didn't feel creeped out. There wasn't like a spooky feeling. So I was just kind of like, I want to go to bed. Like, I don't know what this is. Mm -hmm. uh, so I. You're kind of more annoyed than anything. I was more annoyed than anything. Probably hallucinating. Maybe my dogs tried to drug me to go to bed. They're like, yo, slip some Benadryl in her tea. Oh, good job, doggies. Yeah. Um, Benadryl, Benny. Uh, not the same thing. I guess that sounds like a benzo. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, I it was stationary beside me. I looked at it and I was like, okay, turn off the lights. I don't, I don't know. What else do you do in that situation? <laughs> You're just like, this is happening. I'm sure people who've had like really bad drug trips can like be like, oh, there's like a bear in the corner. I'm going to go to bed now. So that's what I did. And so I turned off the lights and I didn't see the flashing lights anymore. So I was like, good. Don't think I'm having a seizure. I think whatever this is, is going to go away. I opened my eyes again to still see the orb sitting beside me. <laughs> Sound crazy. And the room starts to fill with smoke. And that, it wasn't actual smoke. It didn't smell like smoke. It wasn't real. I, I knew this at the time. I feel like this is going to be like used against me in court to be like, she's crazy. And here's an example on her podcast. <laughs> but it's just a story. And the room started to fill with black billowing smoke that was kind of sticking to the perimeter of the the ceiling. It, kind of like those those ghosts in Harry Potter. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, they kept billowing towards the door and it just kept filling. And I was like, I'm so tired. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and I just fell asleep and then everything was fine in the morning. So do I believe in ghosts? Maybe. It could be scientific reasons. It could be hallucinations from exhaustion. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that sparkly orb was, seemed very real. And that smoke was very uh, real yet abstract. So. Cool. <laughs> cool story, bro. What? 
What? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, who is one person outside of family that, that is not family and that is not friends that has changed your life? Uh, I was working with a, um, so, so the last few years I kind of lost my mojo a little bit because it just got knocked to the ground a few too many times and I decided I needed help. So I reached out to this guy who is, uh, the former, uh, head of music at Disney and his name's Andy Hill. Okay. And, um, so it basically was like a coaching relationship he would uh, give me assignments and we'd work through music and it was, it was amazing to sit with someone not like virtually anyways, and just have a completely outside un, um, like he's not like a producer or filmmaker or a family member or someone who's going to, you know, either give me, it's just, it was a really interesting neutral kind of perspective. Okay. And he was, he was like hard on some of the stuff that I did, but he also, I don't know, the biggest thing I think I got from that experience was like permission to write the way that like to really bring out my voice in the music, which is something that I think was missing up until that point. Mm-hmm. I got into a thing where I was trying to guess too much about what the right thing to write or what people wanted to hear as opposed to just like going, you have this unique way of approaching things. And if people want that, then you should give, or if that's, that will be probably the most likely driver of any success you have, as opposed to being a second, third, fourth, fifth rate, somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. So he, that made a massive difference having someone that a gave me permission and then took those you know those kernels of something um and helped me bring that out it was really powerful stuff so i feel like changed a lot for me wow yeah that's very cool yeah it's weird to think of sorry it's weird to think of people that are not family or friends that have changed your life but i can't think of anyone right now no i'm sure they're out there what's uh what's a book that you've read recently that has had a huge impact on you. I recently read while I was in LA. Um, I'm not good at remembering things. It is the m- meaning. <laughs> wow. It had such a profound impact on me. Um, it is a uh, man's search for meaning by Victor Frankl. Oh, yeah, that's a classic. I feel like that's, mandatory reading for humanity at this point in history. Right. And um, I mean, basically, you know, he lived through the concentration camps and I think he was in Auschwitz and saw who survived and who didn't Mm. and people who had meaning and purpose to their life tended to survive and people who didn't tended to to wither Mm. uh, regardless of what you know, whether they were being executed or not. But right. um, so that was really interesting. Hmm. And I, I was kind of just doing a little bit. I couldn't do a lot at once, but like every day I'd like do like 10 minutes and I'd be like, okay. It was very grounding. Have you changed anything about what you do now based on that? Or is it no, it was kind of, of was re- it was reaffirming. Oh, okay, cool. That's just awesome. be like, because I, I think I am living my life. I mean, not 100%. But I'm getting there. I don't think mm-hmm. you've, I've gone zero to a hundred as fast as I could right. this year. This year, 2019, because yeah. yeah, I yeah. I fell behind, um, and so I'm I'm interested to see, you know, like you and I talked in February when I was like getting back into music, and I'm like I'm gonna put out like a song a month, and I'm gonna post a photo a day, and I'm gonna see what happens. Yeah, I didn't think it would get this far. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what 
is going to happen in the next year. And yeah, yeah. I mean, my hope is for a personal life and to to have some like recreational fun because it's a lot of it's just a lot of work. Like this mm-hmm. whole fall has just been like dog drama and music and getting stuff out there and getting stuff done and meeting deadlines and just shipping and shipping and shipping right everything I do and just trying to be confident that I'm doing the right thing and like having really good hair while I do it <laughs> right that's I think all that people care about but yeah so Victor E. Frankel Man's Search for Meaning uh, definitely not for every like I say it's for everyone but it's it's bone chilling stuff too mm. it's like heartwarming and then you're like how did how did society get to that point? Right. So, yeah. Um, question for you. Uh, which one of your parents' personality traits do you want to keep and want to let go of? Uh, let go of. Keep. And let go of which one? So, well, I think. Oh man, they <laughs> there's so many good ones. I'm trying to like think of the best one that I w- would be like the most. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think that in general, like just uh, a courage to keep going through really tough times, and just um, I think courage. That's what it comes down to. You courage from yeah. what parent? Because you've had three, four. Yeah, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to say because yeah, okay. when I say that's the fine. negative, yeah, then I'm gonna be like, then "Oh, it's... that's true. That's true. That's true." <laughs> They'll be like, "Oh, you dissed me on that one. That's kind of too bad." Um, and then the thing that I'd like to get rid of is, uh, you know, you don't want to take anything personally. You want to you want to move through life and understand that you're different from. Your, your stuff, like your internal things and everything that you're experiencing is different from other people. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes what people do, or how they act or what they say to you or even things that they're like, uh, it's like a, it feels like a personal attack sometimes. But you have to sort of separate yourself and go, you don't react to that because it's their stuff. Yeah. It's their reality. Yeah. It's not reality per mm-hmm. se. Mm-hmm. I get that. I totally get that. And I'm glad I don't have to answer this question. So you can ask me one more question ah! and I'll ask you one more question. All right. We'll... Do you have a, has, has, have you had a new, um, like phrase or axiom come into your life recently? You're like, oh damn, that's good. And you're going to, you're going to live by it. Uh, like, like a mantra. Yeah, a mantra or something like, or something you've come up even with yourself. Like this is a deep truth or, oh, this, this is something I can like a touchstone. You can go back and say this phrase and you're like, all right. I, or I, you can say one that no, you've no, had no, no, for your no, whole I, life. I, I got it. All right, all right. Just take a step back, <laughs> reverse it. Um, I don't follow a ton of people on Instagram, right? But majority of the people I follow are like psychologists and like public speakers and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. my feed, yep, instead of being like sexy people is sexy quotes <laughs> about psychology and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, and I, I have like a whole archive sex, sexual, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole archive sexual. I have an old, I have a whole archive of, uh, of things that I go by. Um, I mean, you can't heal in the same environment that got you sick. 
is like a really big one for me. That's great. And um, and moving forward, um, in in the new year, I think, um, stick stick with the people who pull the magic out of you, not the madness. Mm. I need more of that. Um, there was one today that I thought I saved, but it was talking about the difference between ego and self-respect. Right. And I really wish that I had saved it because it would make me sound a lot smarter in this moment. Um, but then there's funny stuff too that I save, like treat her right. She's already got 75 guys in her DMs begging to take your place and three girls. <laughs> and you know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> Um, but I, I would like to also report my my inbox is, while full, is not full of crazies anymore. No. No. That like that good. guy who sent all the fragmented poetry is gone. Oh, that's too I miss bad. him. Aww. All of his, like, uh, I don't know, abyss something. I don't know. He was, he was very creative. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so those are, are things. Uh, no reason to stay is a good reason to go. That's a great one. That's a good one. Give me one reason to stay here. You didn't go through it all for nothing. You go, girl. <laughs> Is you go, girl part of it? You go, girl. No. You just said tag that on. Uh, all arguments between couples are a race to occupy the victim position. Gay Hendrix. That's a good one. I think that goes for all arguments. It's like, who's the victim? Including when you're just yelling at random people in traffic. Or people are just yelling at you via email. Um... And actually, this is probably the biggest one, and I'll stop here, is a person's success in life can usually be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations they are willing to have. Renee Brown? Tim Ferriss. Right. I feel like that. Is that him? Four-hour work week, dude. Okay. But I think so. I think about that all the time, where I'm just like, uh, like you're dating somebody and you don't know where you stand, and you're like, just ask. Rather yeah. than, because people will do that. They're like, well, if I ask and he says no, then like, uh, just, yo, where we stand? This thing? Not a thing? Can not a thing going to go? This is a thing? <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I, that's kind of where I, I am. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like that's good. Yeah. But I think there needs to be some balance to that because I think you can also be like, oh, you're not exactly what I want. Bye. Or if you're just relentless all the time with truth seeking, it can seem a little tiring. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's just overthinking, I think. Like we were talking about red flags earlier and how like <laughs> in situations, uh, there's that, that cartoon and the, the woman has like this, this guy is giving this woman a bouquet of beautiful red flags. <laughs> and she's like, it's so beautiful. Oh, my God. That's so good. And like uh, for me with like when I'm unsure of a situation, I'm like if there's a red flag, I like take it and I like map it on the wall like a, a detective and then like try to to connect with string the all the red flags and yep um i don't know if that's healthy <laughs> it's healthy if you're a detective i think i'm just a suspicious person yeah and i'm just like looking around to see what's up and what's happening but uh yeah i think that's funny but yeah I, but i think like i think you can instead of collecting all the red flags you can just be like hey uh this kind of stuck out to me but at the same time, you don't want to go through like nobody's perfect. You don't want to go through everything. I mean, yeah. like that's. I I remember um, I was talking to a guy once, and I just and it was very back and forth very quickly, and I just said like, tell me like the worst three things about you, 
And like, what are some things your ex-girlfriends would say about you? That's like you? a job interview. Oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm just like, what's what are the worst three things about? And like, the person was like, I'm lazy and procrastinate. I don't, uh, this was like months ago now. Um, I don't know. You just, it was just very honest. I was like, okay, like I get a good picture of it. But it's, it's kind of like you get to that point where you're just like, uh, I need three references from your exes. Yeah. I need to know what your greatest, you know, flaw is. I need to know what your credit screening is. Yeah, that's actually not so much of a joke. Sometimes you really should ask. That Do you have a criminal you. record? You know, <laughs> all these things that come up. I mean, it sounds it sounds funny and it sounds awful because it's not romantic at no, all. No, there's no romance in that. Yeah, but it's just kind of like. Modern that, dating? That's just modern dating. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, let's not, like, lament for a year to find out, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> this like is why I'm single and heavy, I don't Heavy, heavy interrogation to start. This day. is why well, I don't, I really haven't really dated in a long time. So this could be, this could be bad. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. All right. And then I turn around and I'm like, look at my beautiful bouquet of <laughs> red flags. Aren't they beautiful? They have these thread I cut off them from my wall. You can have these. I don't need them anymore. What go, What happens to red flags that are go unwanted? What becomes of the red flag haunted? <laughs> <laughs> I have Sasha texting me. He's going, what are you doing? What are you, what are you recording? What are you doing? Why, why, what, what? Sasha. Oh, yeah, right. He's Sasha was on the last podcast. Because you update your Instagram and you put it out there. You're putting it out there again. I put it out there. I'm not crazy. It's just what crazy things it? happen because I put myself out there. This is true. We when you make yourself vulnerable, you can be ambitious. We're clapping our hands as we're saying this. But when you put yourself out there, people do crazy shit. It can happen. And you accept that and you look if you have a role in that crazy shit. And then you also look like, hey, sometimes you just end up in these situations and you navigate yourself out of them in the safest, calmest way possible by both exits at the <laughs> rear of the plane. <laughs> Please leave your personal belongings I feel like, behind. I feel like if I called you and I was like, yeah, like my plane had an emergency landing and the wing was on fire, but everything's fine. You'd be like, yeah, that, that would happen to you. Oh, yeah, straight up. I'd be like, that's it? <laughs> There wasn't a clown like parade at the same time. <laughs> uh, it was full of a New Orleans second line band, so there was a lot of like rattling and like yeah. trumpets playing, yeah. but it was fine. That's fine. I yeah. just wonder if there's anything that I could say to you that would surprise you. I think I would be like, I'm getting married and I'm moving to the suburbs and I'm having a kid. You'd be like, What? Yeah, that would be it. That that would be it? Probably. Yeah. I think I, at that point I'd be like, be like there's something wrong stay with at Nicole. Home mom. I'm gonna be a stay-at-home She's mom. Broken. That would freak. That would freak people out. Yeah. They'd be That's like, a, man, you shouldn't have said that, man. That would have been the best April Fools. What? I'm done. Getting married. I don't think. White picket fence. Baby. I don't think the 12 people who listen to this podcast would know me well enough to be like, "That's crazy." I think they'd be like, oh, "Okay, that's happening in her life." <laughs> look for it in 2020 i was just, i was explaining to you um i can't remember who it was i was explaining to him i'm like the cool uncle and they're like but you're an aunt and i was like no 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 like i'm not even the cool aunt i'm the cool uncle i'm just like go up and like fist bump the kids and like walk them like scratch them on the head and walk away 
<laughs> limited emotional engagement. Limited emotional engagement. Always there to make sure they're being nice. I don't know. Apparently, I'm just not good with kids. I actually posted it. I have a private Instagram account that I think you're on. And it was a photo of my nephews. And they were sucking on icing, packets of icing. Okay. And I was just had like peace signs in the air. Oh, man. And I was like, and the caption was just like 100% knows how to interact with young children. Definitely. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Oh, well. It's okay. We're not not all, we're not all meant to be moms and mothers. I'll probably have a kid. Yeah. Probably. Mm. You can be their godparent All right. and take care of them. Okay. No. <laughs> Just child I can barely on. keep a house plant alive and the cats take care of themselves. I will murder a child. I mean, not murder. I will neglect a child <laughs> to death so quickly. You might want to edit that. Be, you well, might want to. Should we conclude? <laughs> and on that note. On that note da, 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 in conclusion. And as the sirens melodies. from far away <laughs> come to take my co-host way in a big yellow taxi uh yeah sasha's sasha's jealous that well i keep tell him to get his something and he has a baby see Kids takes are... up so much of his time oh my god it's so annoying i'm sure it's it's, it's a cute baby but like ah inconvenient inconvenient well but... next time we'll have to have a three-way with sasha yeah not no not in that language but yeah, I think uh, I think we could have him on the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned because who knows when that's going to be? Because this is not a regular podcast because people are busy. Merry Christmas, everybody! Have a great holidays. I bet you we'll do another podcast by New Year's. Okay, forget it then. Don't have, have it a terrible it. time. Have a terrible time. See you, miserable. Enjoy your time. family. And remember to <laughs> only you can prevent forest fires. Thanks, Smokey.